Greetings from the Long Island Sound podcast. Welcome to the show. Please rate, review, and comment on the show. And call our listener line and leave a message for our guests. Dial 631-800-3579. All right, enjoy the show. Welcome to the Long Island Sound Podcast, where we explore the muse and the music from the North Shore to the South Shore, from New York City to the Hamptons, navigating the wellspring of original music from singer-songwriters and musicians from Long Island, New York. Hi, I'm Steve Yusko from GigDestiny.com. Stay tuned as we explore the Long Island Sound. I am amazed each week at the guests we have here on the Long Island Sound, and our guest in this episode will not disappoint. You could take Joe Pickett's bio and his background and spread it across three episodes. We'll hear two of Joe's original songs. We'll dive into his background, his insights on the industry. Man, you're in for a great ride. I met my uh, guest uh, basically on Facebook, and I was enamored with his diverse background and his career. Joe Pickett was just voted Entertainer of the Year for the second year in a row on the annual Beth Page Best of Long Island poll. He's a two-time finalist on the Long Island Music Festival, and he's been described as a more edgy Billy Joel. And the one thing in looking at Joe's bio and his music is the diversity that kind of pops out at me and the energy and all the different people that Joe's worked with. It can be really more than just one episode of the Long Island Sound. It can be a multi episode. There's, uh, I think there's so much to discover um, with Joe. And Joe, I want to welcome you to the Long Island Sound. Thank you, Steve. Thank you for that beautiful introduction. I'm going to try to live up to as much of that as I can. <laughs> it was great. Thank you. Hey, you know what? Hey, you're uh, Joe, you're a singer-songwriter, artist, multi-instrumentalist, and uh, like most humble guys, you know, you let your art speak for itself. And uh, in this episode, we'll get to hear uh, at least a couple of uh, Joe's songs and we'll, we'll kind of dive into it. Um, but a lot of my listeners are really interested in the musician behind the music. And Joe, uh, just give us a little bit of a foundation as far as um, when did music really kind of touch your life um, and who were your early influences? Oh, gosh. Well, my dad was a musician. My dad was a not just a musician. He was a musical genius, a composer. He won awards in Europe, something called the Felix Mendelssohn Award. He won that. Um, he, was, he was a genius. He could look at a whole score for an orchestra, all the different instruments, all the different parts, everything, a whole orchestra, and hear the whole thing in his head. So mm. he was my first, I guess, influence teacher. He started me on piano when I was I think just two and a half or three. Uh, he had me playing "Happy Birthday" to you on my third birthday on the piano, and I still remember how to play "Happy Birthday" to you. So he really got me. no, but he was and so, as siblings as well. Yeah, yeah. My um, my sister is a jazz musician, really fantastic jazz pianist. Um, she's She's pretty incredible. She worked a lot harder than I did. When I was hanging out with my friends playing rock and roll and drinking beer and doing things, she and what, was, what's her what's her name, Joe? Her name is I'm sorry, her name is Roberta. Roberta Pickett. Roberta. And that's P-I-K-E-T. That's right. We're gonna yeah. dr dr drum that into people's heads by one T N O C. There's a song I wrote a song about that too. It's called The Smell. <laughs> one T N O C. 
That's right. You know, as long as they remember who you are, I guess that that's kind of key. But if you're going to Google Joe, it's P-I-K-E-T. And we'll say that about 30 times for the episode. Sure will. <laughs> so, you're, so early on, man, you have, you have, oh my God, how do you live up to a genius uh, pianist uh, orchestra? Yeah, have it right. Yeah. I got a little tip of what he got, but um, I, I've been very lucky. You know, I, I started playing in garage bands and things when I was, I guess, about 14. And, um, you know, I got to work with some pretty cool people playing the guitar, playing the keyboards and um, singing. I, I actually they I started singing in bands when I was about 14 to 15, mm-hmm. not because I was any good, but because I was the only one in the band who could remember the words to the songs. So, <laughs> so they had to let me sing. It was like, let Joe sing it. He knows the words. Yeah, but he's, can we sing songs? Yeah, we, you, yeah, we can't sing Wooly Bully all night long because uh, we need somebody who can sing real lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> so um, they had to let oh, me sing because I could remember the words. And over the years, I got a little bit better at it. Yeah. So, so, so man, so now three years old, hitting the piano. Jumping yeah. off the panel into guitar about 14 years old. Mm-hmm. You're doing the garage band thing. You're, you're playing out and about. When did the songwriting kind of hit you, hit you? It's like, you know, I can write songs, you know? That's that's hard to say because I remember like being in like fourth grade and writing these little little things on the piano. But I can actually still remember. They're just little simple melodies and playing like in the talent show. like mm-hmm. that kind of thing. But I guess then when I was about 13, 14... I got a little more serious about it. And it's funny because as I've gotten older and, and hopefully my writing has continued to develop, songwriting has become more more difficult, more tedious. I pour over every word. I, I look for cliches and like X them out, like, you know, whatever. Right, right. You know, so it's it's become a lot more. There are songs that I've taken a couple of years, honestly, to, to – um, you know, to work on. I'm actually, if I can show you this, if it's all right. Yeah, please. And I'll, I'll explain to the people on audio what I'm looking at. Okay. I'll let you explain, see, because you already know. I'm going to show you this. Yeah. Okay. And I may even tilt the. Yeah. All right. So what I'm looking at right now is a very messy piano with a lot of papers on it or a keyboard with a lot of papers on it. So. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Okay. And so what does that represent? That is, that's probably about, let me see, at least 20 pieces of paper sitting on that piano. Uh, lyrics, melodies, chords, charts, different things. And all of those pieces of paper are just three songs. So wow. when I say the songwriting has become more complicated, uh, it, it is. On the other hand, it was probably about 15 years ago, um, I wrote a song called When These Gates Come Crashing Down. And I wrote it in my sleep. I woke up. Wow. The song was like 90% written. I, I had the lyrics. I had the idea for the song, what I wanted to say. I had the... Um, chords the melody everything it was i had to add i think i wrote the bridge i think that was the only thing so i wish i could write them all like that but right those those are the gems that you wonder where the heck did that come from yeah but i what what i what i respect is that you had the impetus to say i better write this down and 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 act on it right i mean <laughs> drive my wife crazy and probably other songwriters have similar stories i'll jump out of bed at three in the morning like i gotta do <laughs> yeah at my age i'm jumping out at three in the morning to, to use an answer, but uh, you know 
<laughs> Maybe I should put a pencil and pad in the bathroom. Come up with something. Don't laugh. I have it. <laughs> I throw in every room. Either that, or it just goes on the phone. It goes in the little notes on the phone. Um, I'm very proud of myself for learning how to do that with a phone. Anyway, I was listening to another artist the other day, and it just kind of—he may be a future guest. So I'll leave that a mystery. But I, 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 you know, I was I listen to your music too, Joe. You know, I want to know who who I'm going to talk to. Uh, I'm the one, yeah, I'm the one with the 10 streams the other day on uh, <laughs> on Spotify. But I was listening to this particular song and I got choked up because it just kind of hit me, um, just kind of hit me in a great way. And that's what I love about original music. It's just the, the way it can hit you. Cool. you know? Very good. Yeah. Well, it's good to get out and hear live music. It always is. That's and, and people need to support that. The problem that I think from what I've seen, every musician runs into, at least what I've seen on Long Island and it's always about how many people can you bring in okay yeah and i guess if and, and i guess if you're a cover band that's okay um you know even if you're bringing in the same people all the time you have a following that's cool as an original artist it's much more difficult because any songwriter is looking to get their songs in front of new people different people not just right okay. i can invite 50 friends of mine or maybe more to come down to a show. Um, we sold out my father's place a couple of years ago, right before the virus stuff started. I think we brought in close to 200 people. 200 people. Nice. The, at the Roslyn, the, the new one at the Roslyn yeah, Hotel, the at the Epstein's. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but again, any artist wants to get their music in front of new people. So I'm kind of like, okay, I can bring in maybe 25 or 30 people, you know, drink your beer, buy your beer and pay your whatever. But, how many people are you going to provide me with who haven't heard my music before? And maybe some of them will like it. Right. And, and you know, I agree with you because I think there, there, there are venue operators there that consistently do live music. Uh, they're getting better. There's more and more of them coming about because they recognize the fact that they have consistent live music. They're going to draw people okay. in. People. And then, and I've had other musicians say to me, Hey, you know what? My job, is to provide the entertainment. It's not to fill the seats. And I'm there to give you consistently good entertainment. And if I'm doing that, I've done my job. Yeah. And you know what? If you're looking at me as like the meat purveyor and you can't afford, you know, you can't afford top sirloin, but you have to get, you know, lousy chopped meat, uh, you know, get the guy who walks in the door, you know, who's not very good, you know? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's what you want, you know? Yeah. So of, of the venues I've talked, I, I won't even talk to a venue for a friend if they're not doing something consistent with live music, because I don't need to convince them. Yeah. You know, I mean, there, there are some really cool people on Long Island, some good clubs, some very cool you know, club owners and people who do, you know, who are a little more flexible with that. So I don't want to make out like they're all, you know. Right. And but also in, in that vein, you know, if they have a, a stable of consistent artists Hey, it's hard for the new artist to break in and not even to mention the new artist who says, I'm going to do original music. Uh, I, at least just my experience, it's been in tougher to find, but uh, hopefully that, that breaks out. Let's, so you went out yeah, at 14, you're, you're doing the garage band things. And when it comes to writing music, are you more of, Hey, I, I write the lyrics and put the music together and then I'll collaborate with the musicians to get the final product. Or do you work with a lyricist or what's your, your process? Okay. Joe? I write all the lyrics and all the music. 
once I'm working with my band or with any musicians, um, something that I always say to anybody I'm recording with or anybody who's performing with me is, I welcome your ideas, okay? Especially in bass and drums and probably even horns, because what I know about those instruments would like fill a very thin book. <laughs> but, but even other guitarists and, and whatever, I'm always open to ideas. And of course, then it becomes kind of a little bit of a back and forth because somebody might come up with something that might be great. I'd say, yeah, let's, let's do that. I love it. Or it might be something I might say it's not quite what I'm looking for. So, you know, there are egos involved and you try to hopefully, you know, we're not 18 years old and, and we're able to, you know, respect. Each right. Other. You, you'll, you'll, you'll learn how to finesse the criticism to say, uh, we're going to put a pin in that and we may not get back to it, but, uh, you know, yeah. but keep feeding me ideas. Yeah. You know? Well, yeah. Keep feeding me ideas. Definitely. Always. But, uh, yeah, yeah. There, there is a bit of psychology involved, you know? So why don't, why don't we do this? Why don't Joe, we'll, we'll just take a quick break. And when we come back, I really want to talk about some of the other influences and particularly the list of people that you played with. I was like, no, this can't, this can't be for real. So, Hey, everybody, stick stick with us. You're going to hear some really interesting stories. We'll be right back. Hi, Steve Yusko from Gig Destiny here. Well, as you're probably listening to this podcast, you're probably thinking about that musician who would make a fantastic guest here on the Long Island Sound. Well, we'd like to hear their story. We'd like to hear their music. So have them reach out to us at gigdestiny.com and we'll explore their craft. Now, back to our podcast. Hey, we're back, everybody. Joe, one of the things I, I really got to mention here is is your notoriety here on Long Island. You're like you're like known as the piano man of Long Island, and the credentials that you have, you know, uh, having two years in a row, you know, as top entertainer through the Bethpage Federal Credit Union, uh, and there's some other things. Um, it says a lot. You know, a lot of people don't get their due, but uh, it's interesting that uh, that came about for you. I appreciate that, Steve. I just I got to clarify. Yeah. <laughs> Piano Entertainer of the Year on Long Island. OK, now, as far as I'm concerned, there's only one Piano Entertainer of the Year on Long Island, and that's Billy Joel. Gotcha. OK. And without going to too much, I just think that his lyrics and his versatility are so far beyond pretty much everybody else and people that he gets grouped with. Um, so please, whatever you do, if you know Billy Joel, do not tell him that I won this award. <laughs> what I, you know, yeah, because he holds grudges. That's I, what I hear. I don't know, and I don't want to find out. So Billy, if you're listening, <laughs> you know, let's get together and kind of work this out. Yeah, Billy, if you're listening, give me a call. It, I, I probably would consider having you as a guest. If uh... Oh, sure, you'll bump me probably, but yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Joe, your episode's coming out in 2025. <laughs> anyway. So, Joe, let, let's, 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 uh, so in looking at your bio, I mean, some of the, some of the guys you've met, I, I just got to go down the short list. Chuck Berry, Leon Russell, Johnny Maestro, Jason Bottom, D. Snyder, Randy Jackson, who just played with uh, somebody recently at Mulcahy's. Uh, the band's renaissance alive and kicking. And this is the one that really got me because I'm an uncle Floyd fan. I used to watch the show when I was in college, probably why I didn't finish college, but uncle Floyd Vivino, uh, 
you got to tell me, you got to tell me about that. But tell me, tell me about these, these, uh, these chance occurrences with these celebrities. I find it so interesting. Well, I mean, a lot of it was just uh, something where, um, you know, we, we, we need an opening act for this person or that person or whatever. And I got to, you know, meet some of these people and talk to them. Um, what can I say? I'll tell you this story. This isn't somebody that I worked with, but this was, I think, kind of interesting. Um, sure. I was playing in, uh, a, a, I don't know what it was, a, a bar, a hotel or something on 46th Street in the city. And okay. um fella comes up to me and asks me if I know the song, um, He Ain't Heavy, He's My Brother. Mm-hmm. Okay, from the Hollies. Okay, sure. I'm like, yeah, I know that song. You want me to play it for you? He's like, you play it. I'm gonna sing it. Okay, you know, pretty and, you bold. Know, yeah, you know how that goes. You know, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm a professional singer. Sure. Sing every Tuesday night at the karaoke bar across the street. But I, <laughs> I, I was like, listen, I'll I'll, I'll do the song. He, he said, no, give me the microphone. I'm doing the song. Okay. <laughs> I gave him okay. the microphone. I played the song. He sang the song, and he sang it pretty well. Uh-huh. And uh, he gave me back the mic. He sat down. I was like, hey, good job. Okay. I finished my set. Went over to sit with him. I noticed he's sitting with this other guy. This was probably around 1996, 1998. He's sitting with this other mm-hmm. guy. kind of bald. it has got a big nose. Suddenly he cursed at me. The guy, the bald guy with the big nose, it's Pete Townsend. Oh, come on. Really? Yeah. yeah. Okay. And I'm like, okay, now I got it. So I sit down with them. We start talking about songwriting and this and that. And I'm like in awe, like I'm sitting there with Pete Townsend. And, but who's this? very surreal. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Now who's this other guy? I'm like, you know, I'm sorry. You sang that song. Great, man. That, that Holly tune. What's your name? Um, Terry Sylvester. Terry Sylvester was the lead singer in the Hollies at the time they recorded. <laughs> I'm like, and he still had it. <laughs> yeah, and he's good. And I'm like, man, I'm glad I let you sing the song instead of me. You know, so I I, I got to ask you this, Joe. Did like you know when he said I'm going to go sing that song? Did you kind of like slide the the tip jar over a little closer to him? You know, like <laughs> yeah, for 50, for fifty bucks, I'll let anybody sing. You're you know? obviously a man of experience. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Hey, I, I I got to have a beer with Terry Sylvester and with uh, Pete Townsend, so and, and talk about music and songwriting. Yeah, I, I was sitting there, you know kind of explaining to them how difficult the music business is and they really <laughs> yeah okay bye yeah, we've, we've had it rough yeah <laughs> limos outside Joe. nice meeting you <laughs> so you had you had a you had a band called the storm mm-hmm. and then there's another band called the new storm so tell me tell me about that you played uh so let me give uh for those who don't know a little background there's this um when I was a younger man, there was a place called my father's place in Roslyn. It's run by Epi Epstein and Epi Epstein had some of the most famous and non-famous people play in his uh, dumpy place called my father's place. <laughs> That's where we opened for Uncle Floyd, by the way. Oh, did you? Oh, great. Yeah. Great. And uh, so that, unfortunately that closed and uh, Epi um, revitalized the new, my father's place in the Roslyn hotel. I don't know if he's still doing it. I saw Matt Marshak, is, who was a guest on on my program there as well, and and uh, yeah, it was neat. It was, it was neat the way they had a lot of memorabilia. Yeah, from the place. Yeah. So so you brought the storm. You brought in the storm, huh? Yeah, yeah. Um, 
new group, new people. You know, again, it's always for whatever reason, it's revolving. The revolving door of bands. It's yeah, not uncommon. I got some great people playing with me now, though. I'm very grateful. And um, yeah, we sold out the place. We brought in almost 200 people. Great. That that definitely filled the room for sure. Oh, yeah. 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 Effie was very happy. I got a check. They gave me a check for like a few hundred dollars. I was like, wow, I'm getting paid to play my music. That never happened before. It's nice. It's nice. I hope. I hope it. I hope it happens more and more, Joe, for sure. And and speaking of Joe, you have CDs out. You have. You know, you can find. And I'm going to keep saying this. It's P I K E T. So Google P I K E T. You don't even have to do Joe because the Joe will follow, and you'll find Joe's music on Spotify and uh, various albums out there. So uh, everywhere, whatever platforms, and you know. Look at me using and, and you have a few videos too, right? Yeah, actually, yeah. We had we had some fun with this. Um, well, one thing is as a, as a teacher and as a musician, one thing that kind of is a pet peeve is when people mispronounce musical terminology, either just out of ignorance or whatever it is. For example, mm-hmm. the word is bass, not bass. The guy <laughs> holding that big thing with the four strings isn't holding a fish. Um, it's Mozart, not Mozart. Okay. <laughs> There's others like that. So, um, so this is the cranky Joe. Okay. I get it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I, I found myself saying to one of my students one day, he was playing something or asking me something or whatever it was. And I said to him, listen, talk like a musician. And I thought. Sure. Talk like a musician. What does that sound like? Something from the eighties. Girl band. Walk like an Egyptian. Talk like a musician. So we put together a video. I, I did. Um, well, my friend Nelson Montana, who's my producer most of the time, um, mm-hmm. also a fantastic musician. Um, we put together music of talk like of uh, walk like a musician. Walk like an Egyptian. Edit. Edit. <laughs> Walk like an Egyptian. <laughs> Whatever it is, walk like an Egyptian. Walk like an Egyptian. Yeah, I got, I never we got it. it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, and we did a video, and it's the whole thing is about just, you know, listen, get it right, whatever. So that video is on YouTube. Um, I'm not sure. I guess if you Google my name or, or excuse me, put my name in the search box, um, all this stuff will come up. If not, talk like a musician, it should come up. We also did a video the year before. I have a couple of friends that I jam with. Um, Occasionally, I get to play a little electric guitar, lead guitar, which really isn't mm-hmm. my, my strong point. Um, I'm more of an acoustic player. But um, my friend uh, Jerry, she plays bass, and her husband George plays drums. We've been jamming, and we put together a video about a year and a half ago, um, a song called uh, The Four Chord Song. It's not the four chord song that people show all these different songs that everybody knows. It's a different four chord song. Same four chord. But anyway, we put together a little video with that and we had some fun with that. Um, my wife is in. Well, you know, you know, it's interesting. You talk talking about, you know, knowing the terminology, you know, you, you're honoring your craft. You know, you, you, you take, you have, fun, you bring joy with what you do and you have fun with what you do, but you, you got to know your tools, right? It's <laughs> you know, I take, yeah, I take music seriously and, you know, it's important to me if you're going to be a musician or if you want to talk to me about music. You know, I don't expect everybody to be a, you know, savant or whatever. Virtuoso, yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. But at least don't try to, you know, don't try to fake it. You're not going to fool me. <laughs> kind of exactly. And that's why my guitars are uh, on the wall behind me. 
I was going to say, it's a nice collection, Ed. Those yeah, thank you. Very yeah. nice. Okay. And, and your desk is much neater than mine, I, I have to say. It's much neater than my uh, piano over there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's but uh, you're producing music and I'm producing podcasts, so that's... <laughs> well, that, at least one of us is in the 21st century, and that's you. <laughs> So, so it's interesting. And, and, and I know you joke about being in the 21st century of things, but, you know, one of the things that I'm hopeful about the Long Island Sound podcast is uh, in talking to musicians, you know, anybody, you can produce music and go through CD Baby or any of these other platforms and boom, it's, it's up for the world to see. And that's it. It could be a billboard in a desert as far as anybody's concerned. So uh, I see this podcast is a way to honestly expose uh, Joe Pickett's uh, uh, craft. And uh, so in this episode, we're going to do two full songs. And uh, Joe, what I'd like to do is I'd like you to talk about uh, the next song we're going to hear, give a little introduction to it. We'll listen to it. And then when we uh, we're done listening, let's, let's talk about who played on it and how it came about. That so, sounds great, Steve. Let's do that. I yeah, what are we going to, what are we going to hear? Well, first I want to thank you for having me on, by the way, you mentioned that, um thanks for having me on um you know i know hopefully we'll get a lot of new listeners from this podcast and um you know at this rate i figure in about 250 years i'm going to be really famous and i'm looking forward to that yeah my grandchildren will be rich yeah Yeah. (laughs) something like that so um okay i think first one we're going to play um let's go with the waters of leafy okay okay this was a prog rock piece that we recorded about oh 15 years ago, maybe. Um, and uh, what you're going to be hearing is the the radio edit version. This got played on a lot of college radio back in the early 2000s. It's uh, whittled down to about three minutes, I believe. And uh, it, it's a progressive piece. Uh, the Waters of Leafy refers to a mythical river that I heard about, learned about, called mm-hmm. Leafy, where when people died supposedly in this ancient myth, they would go to this river, Leafy, and if they wanted to, they could bathe in the waters of Leafy. And the good news was, if you did that, you would live forever. The bad news is you would not have memories of all your friends, all the great experiences that you've had in your life. Um, I mean, it wasn't like, like, like Alzheimer's. It was just, you'd, you'd live your life, but you wouldn't remember any of the good times from before. So is it worth it? The question was, is it worth it to be alive without the memories and the experiences? Because really, yeah. ultimately that's what life is. Um, yeah. So I, I wrote this piece you know, about that called The Waters of Leafy and play it. Let's take a listen. Her shadows drew forward to greet me. The 
The acts of my days dance before me like these As I ponder the waters of Lethe Dressed in emerald and gold, a smile gently yet cold Icy eyes that regarded me deeply Like a spell taken hold, her words entered my soul She said, drink from the waters of Lethe Must have been clear my uncertainty there For she held both her hands out to reach me Darkness and fear She said Disappear when you drink from the waters of Lethe Hey, Joe, that was really great. And you know what's interesting? You said that was the shortened version. How long is the uh, the the epic version of, of that song? If I remember right, the full version was like 11 minutes. Wow. I think. That was that, that was the song that you make for the DJ so he could have a bathroom break while the song was playing. Right? That's great. Go get his car washed, coffee for the whole crew, and uh, still have time. To <laughs> That's why we do it. You mentioned you have some CDs out. Tell me, tell me about the work that you have out there and, and what you've got planned for the future. Okay, so I'm going to back it up a little bit. In um, about the mid-2000s, we put out a CD called Father Time. And um, just, I think, some really great songs on there. A lot of stuff about family, kids, uh, watching, reliving your childhood through watching your kids. Um, I did a cover of a Beatles song. Uh, one of my favorite Beatles songs, She's Leaving Home, which also kind of fit in with the whole family thing. Um, that was uh, Father Time. Uh, about 
four years ago, five years ago, we put out Everything is Different. One of the things that disappoints me when I listen to people's, some people's music is when I find them or hear them doing the same thing over and over and over. Mm. Okay. Mm. There are artists who have grown over the years, people who have developed. I was thinking about that today. People like Sting and even Steely Dan, they have their style, but even their style became more sophisticated with some of the later stuff. Um, so you could see that you could see their growth and, and Hey, we're not the same person we were last year, you know? Exactly. So, That's so it. if you get stuck in that, um, yeah. that, uh, that rewind, rewind, it, exactly. it can get kind of boring, boring, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I did, um, a CD called everything is different, uh, with a, uh, let me see, there's a reggae song on there. There's a doo-wop song on there. I did, uh, it's acapella. I did all the parts except for one that my buddy Nelson sang a baritone. There is a, um, an Americana song called Coke Stevenson's about a fellow who was actually the governor of Texas back in the 1940s. Great story. He, um, lost, uh, a Senate election to Lyndon Johnson, who of course later became president. Um, so Americana, there's a prog rock song on there. Um, a lot of, uh, a, a blues tune. So everything is different. Just trying to. Yeah, that's, that's great. That's great. You notice you can, you, and that really expands your, your audience, in my opinion, when, um, you know, there's certain artists I'll listen to cause I expect to be in a particular mood, but then when you strike a gem where, Oh, Oh, we're going in this direction. That's kind of cool, you know. Especially when you go into reggae and and, and progressive rock and some other things. It's it's uh, yeah. try it's to, an, a nice a nice mixed bag. Yeah, try to keep it interesting. Don't you know? I mean, I, I won't say don't do the same thing twice because there's certain songs that I that I've done I fit into a certain genre, but mm-hmm. try to you know be creative. That's the whole thing. And if I had to give any advice to any young songwriters, young young people, um, this is the legend talking now. <laughs> the old guy yeah <laughs> be yeah. creative be creative don't slop four chords down on a piece of paper and give and write some lyrics down and say hey i wrote a song no you just put together a first draft so mm-hmm. be creative what can i do with this what can i do to make it different what lyrics what words can i use how can i you know maybe change one chord um Whatever. Yeah, I tell you, I tell you, you know, when I, I think I said this in the beginning, you were, uh, you're not easily, you, you, Joe, are not easily defined, and I think that's a really good thing, because I can imagine those who've had success in a very narrow road uh, would might have fear of uh, trying new things or get, you know, going out outside the lane, so to speak. But every every artist that's been around for a really long time, very successful you've seen their growth and their, their change and they're willing to venture out. The Beatles may not always grab, but yeah, the Beatles, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, gotta, you know, gotta keep it interesting. You gotta do that for yourself as a writer too. You know, keep right. It fresh. Um, that's what so what, what so your future projects you're working on anything right now okay. yeah so that was um everything is different then we put mm-hmm. out a cd called i'm just going in order here it's just easier for me sure. to remember what i've done so uh, <laughs> then um i i was with some friends and i was playing this song this is about five years ago hanging with some friends and then i picked up my friend's acoustic guitar my friend jerry the bass player i mentioned before she had a beautiful mm-hmm. ovation in the living room i picked it up i started playing i started playing this song that i had running through my head that i had written when i was like 19 it's called rainbow villa 
And she said, mm -hmm. that's a pretty good tune, you know, maybe you should put that on your next CD. And I started thinking, well, I've actually got a lot of songs that I've written that I wrote when I was, you know, in my teens and early 20s. And, you know, some of them sucked, but some of them were pretty good. And I said, let me find, you know, a bunch of good ones and kind of re-record them. And uh, so we put out a CD called Songwriter Volume 1. And uh, there's some pretty cool stuff in there, some interesting stuff. Uh, so that was cool. Yeah, so there's, there's, there's no shame in reworking things. Yeah, know? no. And, and it was interesting hearing, you know, thinking about songs I had written, you know, 20, 30 years ago, maybe more. And, you know, doing something with them and saying, you know, this song is pretty cool. I mean, because at the time when I was a kid, I was recording them on my little TAC tape recorder, you know, over mm. my own vocals and, you know, playing a couple of acoustic guitar tracks. So be able to go into a studio and do them up, you know, with a full band and everything um, was pretty cool. Uh, so that was Songwriter Volume 1. There will be a Songwriter Volume 2. We finished recording it. It's kind of more of the same. That sounds bad. It's kind of more of the... You, you know, it's it's not what you say. It's how you say it, okay? <laughs> Poor Steve. He's looking at me like, where's he going to go now? What's he going to say? Where, where's he going? <laughs> <laughs> no, you can always edit this out, but I hope you won't. Um, no, yeah, no. I was so auditioning good. bass players and drummers about, for one of my bands, I don't know, about however many years ago it was. And these two guys happened to be so good. My buddies, Harry and Ray. Ray passed away a few years ago. Great bass I'm player. Sorry. And... Um, they're so good that I kind of felt like rather than auditioning them for my group that I was auditioning for them. So I played them a couple of my songs and Ray looks at me and he said, what else you got? And I didn't know what he meant. What else you got? Or what else you got? <laughs> right, right. What's the so, nuance in his voice? So yeah. the point being, it ain't what you say, it's how you say it. So um, songwriter volume two, rather than saying more of the same, I'm going to say more of the same. Uh, stuff that was written back in the, you know, when I was a little bit younger and I'm sorry, I go ahead, Steve. I feel like I'm interrupting. No, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued. No, I'm very intrigued. Seriously. It, but just, just a quick comment. What, what I find interesting is, you know, people say, oh, it's the same song, but I did this to it or that to it. But you know what? You're, you're in a different place as a musician and a writer from the experiences from when you wrote that song. And maybe you see a different perspective of light from that song you know from that 16 year old who wrote it to you know you who you are today that's and great. and that kind of nuance is uh yeah can be inspiring that's a great point actually i mean i tried to keep the same perspective only because that was the the heart of the i think we froze there for a moment okay i tried to keep the same perspective because that was basically the heart of the song but right. um what I did do was I, I tried to make the lyrics a little bit better because again, lyrics that I wrote when I was, you know, 16 or 19 or 13 wouldn't be, you know, I could come up with something better now. So some of the lyrics we, we, up, I updated a little bit, but, but that's a great point. You do, you do start to look at it like, how can I make it better? Right. Right. You know, and then, and the same thing when, when you're doing a performance, you know, the little nuances that, that come in, particularly with other band members, yeah. uh, I remember I had asked a friend of mine, like they asked me, you know, oh, what would you like for us to play? And uh, it, I asked for a Dave Mason too. And uh, this particular guy went in this total different direction with the lead guitar and came back. And it was just kind of magical. It was nothing you ever heard on any any rendition of that song, but he made it his own. And it was so creative. fitting. It was really kind of cool. Being creative. Yeah. 
definitely. If you're going to do a cover tune, I mean, if you're in a bar playing covers, people want to hear the song, the way it sounds, that's fine. I get that. But if you're going to put a cover tune on a record, you know, do something with it, you know? Yeah. So, uh, so tell me, tell me, Joe, about when you've uh, just go, getting back to the new storm. Okay. What, what kind of ensemble do you, do you had? You had, you had drums, obviously, bass insomnia? player, guitar. Insomnia? What, what kind of? <laughs> <laughs> ensemble, you knucklehead. Ensemble. It's a new word. You know. Ensemble. Sure. But can you spell yeah. it? I know you can. Like, like, did you have horns in the group? I mean, that, uh, that's where I'm kind of going. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah stick, I, try, yeah. Come on. Stick with me, Joe. Stick with me. <laughs> Coffee. <laughs> We're back. Coffee is <laughs> coffee is the secret of my success. Coffee is key. It is. Um, so I mean, it's basically the same lineup. The only difference is I've got two guitars, two lead guitarists, um, instead of just one. So it's basically a five-piece band instead of a four-piece. And the second guitarist who we added, my buddy Frank from Flushing, um, that sounds ominous. Frank, <laughs> like a cartoon character, Frank from Flushing. Yeah. Or worse. <laughs> Don't make people <laughs> break from flushing about this little problem we're having. Anyway. Yeah, right, right. The band always gets paid, by the way, because Frank goes and collects. <laughs> <laughs> That's why Frank from flushing is in the band. But uh, no, no. So Frank is a fantastic guitarist, and he also plays keyboards. So when I'm on acoustic guitar, sometimes we'll switch him over to keyboards. So it gives the band a little bit more versatility rather than having always one electric guitar, bass and drums, and then me, sometimes acoustic, sometimes keys. Um, we mix things up a little more. And of course, it's a lot more full sound when both guys are playing, you know, electric guitar. Um, so that that's really the only difference. But but it's it's added a lot. Um, we're working on a new uh, a new CD. Uh, the last couple of CDs that I did were basically solo projects. Mm -hmm. um, and this time I wanted to do a band CD. So I've got uh, been doing a lot of writing, you know, as you see. And uh, all I can tell you right now is the name of the CD is going to be Adult Themes. It's it's not like a porn thing, or anything, <laughs> but it's perspective of somebody who's not twenty years old. And well, that's all I'm going to say about it. But I yeah, yeah, leave, leave it leave it a little bit of a mystery because I'd love no, seriously you to come back on another episode. And once you have it released, we'll do a release episode and and really kind of. Oh, yeah. uh, talk it out that that'd be really kind of neat so let's do this let's just take a quick break and then when we come back from the break i want you to talk about the uh, the second song that you're going to queue up for us and we'll great. go there so uh hey everybody just stick with us we'll be right back are you a singer songwriter who wants to take your music to the next level and you need some professional musicians and really that expertise to help you along well check out melts in your ears studio it's Mike Nugent's studio. If you like what you've heard here today, Mike's the guy who can make the connections, put the tracks together, and give you a quality product. Check it out. Hey, we're back. Hey, Joe, uh, I'm really interested. You know, you brought another song with us uh, that we can explore on the Long Island Sound. Tell us a little bit about it, and we'll jump right into the song. Okay. This one is this song is called Summer Crimes. One word, Summer Crimes. And um, I don't really, I mean, I'll let you listen to it, you know, and your listeners kind of see what you think. Um, it's from the um, Father Time CD. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, you know, rather than saying too much about it, I will say that I did all the vocals. Uh, other than that, give it a listen and see what you think. All right, here we go. Mm -hmm. 
turned away And there was not much more that anyone could say What for? You had your mind made up The laughter had to stop that day Wanted more, wanted more than just the sat of by Kelly Boy du jour. For sure, I was your private fool. I wasn't always cool. You wanted more, so cool. like you've forgotten that you ever had a soul. Like you've forgotten what we've done This not all the fun we had Too bad Too bad You moved away Larger plights occupied your days At night There was an older man A man who had a bigger plan And then one day Turned away There's a hole in my heart And it hurts just like a toothache Rain keeps pouring in This has got to be a mistake There's a pounding in my head And it's now built to make it go away Like a drum that keeps on banging Keeps on saying that you're gone She's gone She's gone Turned to clay You didn't make a sound You weren't going to turn around I hear your life's been rough It's time for me to say I'll sooner wake up dead Than see you in my bed No way, no way Today Okay, okay I turned away And it hurts just like a toothache Ray keeps pouring in This has got to be a mistake There's a pounding in my head And there's no pill to make it go away Like a drum that keeps on banging Keeps on saying that you've gone She's 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 gone Hey, Joe, that was really great. Hey, kind of deconstruct how everything came about with that song. It was a really great song. Um, it didn't start out with all the vocal parts. It just started out as more of a straight ahead, you know, rock thing. In fact, you know, if you listen to the song, you can hear that the piano kind of drives it. There's some great guitar work by my, uh, my buddy Mark Fogel, but the piano really drives the song. Um, I guess I should mention the other musicians, Nelson on bass and Dave Jacone on drums, since I mentioned Mark. Mm -hmm. um, so the piano, I originally, I think if I remember, I started that song as a kind of a pounding electric guitar thing. And then I switched it over to the piano. And then I started thinking about when I, after the lead vocal, I was like, you know, it would be cool. You could weave some things here and really build this up. So sometimes, you know, when you write a song, you don't even know until you start actually recording it, you know, where it's going, what you're going to do with it. And that's kind of what happened with that one. Neat. That's great. Well, I tell I tell you, Joe, it's I, I got to have you back because uh, there's so there's so many more stories. I think we've just 
touched the tip of the iceberg of no seriously of, of the things that you've you've accomplished uh there's so much more that i i, I know we're going to look forward to from you and and you have a lot of great stories and and i encourage everybody it's p-i-k-e-t uh wrote a song about it also one t the song's called the one, spell <laughs> i'm sorry <laughs> the one t no c no it's it's all good the spell it's but, all uh, the father time cd okay i'm sorry i'll stop now yeah, no, no. And uh, and our listeners know that we break the episodes down into chapters, so there'll be links to uh, Joe's site and anything that he has coming up. You can uh, go there and see where he's playing. And, uh, you know, I end, I end my podcast this way, and it was from a good friend of mine who told me, you know, we can account for what we have in our bank and what we own can't account for, you know, how much time we have left. So the fact, Joe, that you, you gave uh, me and our listeners your time tonight and in this episode is is much appreciated. So well, that goes both ways. Thank you for your time and thank you, listeners, for listening, for giving me their time. Thank you. I mean that. Thank you. All right, brother. So till next time in the Long Island Sound. Peace. Thank you for joining us today. I appreciate the time you spent with us. Please subscribe and comment and visit us at gigdestiny.com. Till next time. Be generous with your joy, keep your spirits high, and let the music take you on a journey. Be well. Peace. Thanks so much for listening. Please rate, review, and comment on the show. We really love to hear from you. And call our listener line at 631-800-3579. Again, thanks so much. Be well.